Welcome to the People Teaching People podcast. My name is Tiana Fesh. I'm a mom of three, an educator, a course development consultant, and a lifelong learner. Teaching and learning can take place anytime, anywhere, and in a multitude of ways. The range of knowledge and skills to teach and to learn about are truly limitless. But at the heart of all teaching and learning experiences are the people. The People Teaching People podcast is the place to talk about the who, what, when, where, why, and how of teaching and learning in a world where there is always more to discover. Education plays an important and integral role in all facets of our lives. How we work, do business, live, play, explore, and build relationships. Let's talk teaching and learning together. Welcome to the People Teaching People podcast. Joining me on the podcast today is Felicia Yeah, Storytelling. Today, Felicia and I dive into all things storytelling, and storytelling is one of my most favorite engagement strategies when it comes to teaching and learning. There's something about a story that just gets people to sit up and pay attention, and that really draws you in. So let's say you're teaching a concept, or let's say you're outlining five key skills. You can just state the concept, list off the skills, but what if you incorporated a story in doing so? Well, I'll tell you for most people, that's what's going to help that information or that that skill set stick. Stories make things interesting, they make things engaging, and they help us to remember and think about how to apply those ideas to our own world. So meet Felicia. Your knowledge, gifts, and services improve lives. Don't stay a secret. Felicia Yap is a video storyteller, author, and mom of three. For the past 20 plus years, Felicia has worked on screen and behind the camera to help a whole gamut of story makers share their unique message with the world. Now she's giving you the tools and support to shine in your own video content. Her love of storytelling has been the driving force behind her career as a TV news anchor, morning show co-host, reporter, videographer, producer, and weather specialist for CTV, one of Canada's largest news networks. After becoming a mom, she decided to shift her focus to creating digital content. She started growing her social media experience by building a following of more than 11,000 on her DIY YouTube channel, Most Delightful Way. When she realized video storytelling makes her heart sing, Felicia founded her company, Real Awesome Productions, in 2020 to help big-hearted business owners and organizations look, sound, and feel confident on camera. She published her book, Don't Stay a Secret, Grow Your Confidence Creating Videos That Get Views, in 2022. Whether you need a done-for-you professional video to highlight your brand story, coaching to create videos yourself, or expert advice to discover the power of your own story, you can feel confident working with Felicia will help you achieve your goal. I'm so happy to be here, Tiana. 
Uh, I'm so happy that we were able to make this conversation happen. I know I'm going to be learning a ton from you today. I've already learned so much from you in other circumstances and situations. So I wanted to start off by learning even more about you and your story and the journey that led you to become a video confidence coach and videographer. Okay. Well, it didn't start yesterday. Let me tell you that. It's happened for a long time. Like ever since I was a kid, I loved to tell stories. My dad had a black Sony camcorder when I was a little kid. And I just loved to be in the video and doing the videos, creating the video. So I always had this passion for video storytelling. But I was also really good in school and I really excelled academically. So when I went to university, I really thought, well, maybe I should do something different. Maybe I should go along a traditional path. And there was a lot of pressure from my family. Maybe you should become a doctor and from outside sources. And so I went on along that path and I was getting a degree in biological sciences. But at the same time, I also joined New TV, which is one of the oldest television production societies, university-based production societies in Canada. And I created a lot of videos with them. I did a documentary with them. And I just really filled that part of my life that I really love to tell stories with. And so when I graduated from the University of Calgary, I applied to medical school. And I got an interview at the U of A in Edmonton for medical school, but I got laryngitis just a few days before my interview and I really couldn't talk. So I kind of bombed the interview. It didn't go well. But at the same time, I also applied to State's broadcast news program because my friend from New TV is like, you should just apply. You never know. So it was my backup. Broadcast news and television was my backup. And a few months later, I found out I did not get into medical school. But thankfully, I had another chance. I got to in get interviewed for broadcast news, and I got into the program, and it was also very competitive. So I got into my backup, and I just continued to follow that and follow my heart. And soon out of school, I got hired for my first job in television news in Yorkton, Saskatchewan. I hadn't even heard of this place. I had to look on a map, like, where am I moving to? And I got in and then I worked my way up as a videographer. And that means as a video journalist, I shot all my own videos. I was almost like my own producer. And I also edited everything. I shot crime stories and politics and sports and all sorts of things. I even did the weather. And after CTV Yorkton, I moved on to CTV Regina, where I filled in for a whole year on a maternity leave. I was the late night anchor there. So I, I broke in my anchoring chops there. And then after that, there was an opportunity for a seven-week gig at CTV Atlantic in Halifax. So I packed up two suitcases and took a big leap of faith and in distance and I moved all the way to Halifax and that big risk paid off because they loved me. They loved me. And so I ended up working my way up from weekends and I also did the weather. I anchored the late night news there and I reported during the week. And eventually, I became the morning show co-host and news anchor of CTV Morning Live Atlantic. And then I was also the News at Noon anchor and producer. 
And after that, in 2015, I had an opportunity to come home. It's always been my dream to move home to Calgary, where I was born and raised, and tell stories. And so I had a job lined up at CTV Calgary, but just four days before I was supposed to start my job there, my dream job, because I was going to be back home, they had a huge round of layoffs, so they couldn't hire me, and I was crushed. This has been my dream for so long, right? And it didn't happen. But then soon after, something else amazing happened, and I found out I was going to be a mom, which is one of the biggest goals in my life. I always wanted to be a mom. So I thought, you know what? This is a sign. It's an opportunity just to focus on my family. And so after that, I just really became a mom. There was an, also uh, an opportunity for me to go back to CTV Calgary after my little baby was about six months old. But I decided, you know, I really want to focus on being a mom. And after that, I realized, like, I want to also be creative. So I started my YouTube channel, Most Delightful Way. And I really got into content creation that way. And it grew to more than 11,000 subscribers in just a few years. And after that, I realized, okay, I love doing this, but my true love is in video storytelling. And I want to help other people tell their stories in a meaningful and beautiful way. And that's why I started Real Awesome Productions almost three years ago. It's incredible how time flies. And so that's where I became a videographer, a professional videographer. I've been doing it for about 20 years now. And how I became a video confidence coach is by doing a lot of these videos for businesses and nonprofits. I realized a lot of people had very similar concerns. And that was, they don't know where to look on camera. They don't know how to sound confident. And they don't know what even to wear. So that's where I come in. And I help you shine in your video confidence. And that's why I call myself a video confidence coach. And that's how it all happened. Well, that's a beautiful journey. And it took you across the country. Yes, that's right. (laughs) And it really sounds like an incredible adventure. I'm sure along the way, some of those moments, you know, they're tough moments when we're, we have a plan in mind, it doesn't work out in the way that we hoped that it would. But it's interesting how often those moments lead to amazing and exciting opportunities that we would never have discovered otherwise. So although I've read your book, and although I've chatted with you on numerous occasions, there are pieces to your story that I still didn't know. So it was was lovely to learn even more. And I hope it'll inspire people too, which is one of the reasons why I love storytelling so much, you know, in sharing your story, maybe there's somebody listening who you know, relates to or something that you shared really resonates with them and it will inspire them or, you know, give them that little glimmer of an idea that will take them in an exciting new direction as well. I wanted to mention too, like I didn't go into this part, but when I became a mom, I really struggled with my identity. So one thing that was a big piece of me, it was, I finally got to be a news anchor. This had been my dream for so long. I've been told that I couldn't do it and I shouldn't do it because of the way I looked and even the way I sounded, but I worked so hard to prove to myself that it was possible. And I remember after becoming a mom and stepping away from the news, I really lost myself. I'm like, what am I doing? Who am I? And so returning to that first love, that love of storytelling, I really feel like I have purpose more than just being a mom. And I love being a mom, but I feel just so much more happier 
And I actually have fulfilled my dream. Like it had always been my dream to tell stories where I grew up in Calgary. And now I get to do that on my own terms. And I get to help other people tell their stories with confidence. So that is my, my full circle moment there. I love those full circle moments. And, and isn't it funny how motherhood brings up all kinds of things for us, right? As we're really yes. thinking about who we are, what's really important to us, and what it is that we want to do. So I love that it was a, a real full circle moment for you. And thank um, you. I love the exciting work that you're doing and, and the difference that it makes for others, including myself. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, you're, you're the best. You're a dream to work with. And I'm so honored that, you know, I got to work with you because you were amazing. I, I really love working with you and you were such a sweetheart. Oh, well, thank you. I'm glad that I made it easy. I sure yes, appreciated you you your really help. <laughs> now, we've been talking a little bit about this piece about stories. And obviously, as you said, it's so central to the work that you do with people. And I'm just curious to learn more about why is it that your story is really so powerful for creating those meaningful connections and opportunities and then for separating you from the crowd as a leader in your space? That's an excellent question. And it just goes down to who you are and your experiences because everybody's experiences, you might have shared experiences, but who you are and what you've done is so unique. And your story is unique. So I like to call it your fingerprint story. A lot of people might call it your signature story, your origin story, but it's all boiling down to who you are and who you are is so different from somebody else. And that's why even if you perhaps do the same service as somebody else or have a very similar product, your story can set you apart because what you say in your story can resonate with somebody else. And that's so important to differentiate yourself from the crowd. And it's so, so powerful. By me sharing my story in this book, I wrote this book almost released almost two years ago, Don't Stay a Secret. It allowed me to connect with so many more people and people I've never even met. People have hired me to be their video confidence coach because they heard my audiobook version or even read my uh, ebook, and I've been asked to speak as well at conferences. So sharing your story is so incredibly important. And if you want to know how to tell your story, you really have to think about like what are those key moments in your life that got you to where you are. So for instance, when I'm telling people how to write your fingerprint story, think about a time, almost like a pivot point in your life, where you fired were you tired of something or were you inspired? And that's one way to know that this is a really big aha moment for you. Another way you can look at it is if people have seen a difference in who you are after that big pivot point, that's how you know that that's a really crucial part of your story. And that's why it's so important to tell your story because your story can make an impact on people you don't even know will be impacted. Yeah, no, it's so true. And I love that you've talked about it as your fingerprint story. I love that analogy. And, you know, just having that image in mind brings up so many ideas and things. So it's, it sounds like you really help people in a way that's accessible and allows them to dive into their story in a way that's really meaningful. And as you said, to really highlight some of those key 
pivotal moments and you never know who's going to be listening or who's going to be reading or who's going to be watching as you share a little bit about your own story and who you are and how it led you to where you are today. Now, when you're implementing a storytelling approach and you gave up the strategy of if you were inspired, tired, fired, is that yep. correct? Okay. Yes, that's right. Okay. I was listening, trying to be an active listener. And Thank learning. you. Yes, you're um, doing good. So what else can kind of help you determine which story to share with people? So, you know, you brainstorm some different ideas. How do you kind of pick and choose and, and really take that story or those stories and, and communicate and share them with your audience? Awesome. So it depends on what you want your end result to be. So for instance, let's say you are, for myself, like I want to help people tell their stories and I don't have a lot of time in my day because I am a busy mom of three. So thinking about my own experiences, how can I make my story relatable to others? I don't have a lot of time. I have three kids and that is a story in itself. So I can talk about a time where, you know, I have my three kids, but I still manage to pull that story out and make it important to other people. So, for instance, I could say something like, OK, you don't have a lot, a lot of time to make a video story, but you can take videos while you're taking care of your kids and make that what is shareable. And I think people will really resonate with that, especially moms who can relate to you. So that's one way you can make it relevant to your audience, especially if that's who your target demographic is. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And it's, you know, when I talk about teaching, I really talk about the importance of thinking about who your students are. And, you know, we, we have that tendency to get caught up in the what and the how of teaching. And we're not always thinking about who is, you know, essentially your audience, your learners, the people sitting in your classroom, because you want that content to be meaningful to them. Just like on social media, you want what you're sharing to be relevant to your audience in teaching. When you're talking about, you know, world history or organic chemistry, I struggled with that one when I taught science. How do you make students feel like that should matter to them? Or how do you make that connect to them? So creating that connection, that relevance, um, really digging into what, you know, students are interested in or your audience is interested in is really important. So that is a great tip. Keep in yes. mind who it is you're talking Absolutely. to. <laughs> yeah, you got it. You got it. You're a oh, great student. I'm learning. You got it. I'm learning. Now, being comfortable on camera, so photo or video, I I'm sure I shared this with you already, but it is not something that is an area of strength for me. So personally, this is one of those things that can literally stop me in my tracks. So if I think about recording myself and then sharing that video or photo out into the world, I tend to just overthink that. And that just at times will completely prevent me from doing anything at all. So that that would be probably one of my main blocks when it comes to video. So what do you find are maybe some of the other common blocks or is that a common block that stops people from creating video? And do you have some suggestions on how people might overcome those? Absolutely, Tiana. And I think that is common for a lot of people. They overthink things. So I was talking earlier about, you know, shooting a video with your kids while you're creating your content. It's about keeping it simple. And I think people overthink 
Like you got to have really nice equipment or a DSLR to shoot beautiful videos. But now your phone is so powerful and it's so easy to use. You really just have to click record to start creating that content and to share it. So that is what I would say. Just start creating your content with with what you have and you don't even need fancy lighting equipment we have some of the best lighting in the world and that's because of the sun the sun is like your biggest light source and the bigger the light source the more flattering it is so i would say go and find a nice sunny spot and shoot yourself in that spot if you don't want to look harsh make sure it's well lit but you can step into the shade that's one way you could do it if you do want to get like a ring light that really helps um, brighten you up but you don't need it necessarily and you don't even need it like an expensive microphone to start if you want to up your game yes there's some simple more affordable options out there but you don't necessarily need it you can create great content with just your phone another big block that I've heard from people is they don't feel comfortable with the way they look on camera and lighting has a big part to do with this I mean, step out into the sun, but again, if, if wrinkles is a big thing for you, getting like a ring light will soften that out. I remember I was at a conference and this woman who was more mature said, I just don't like the way I look. And that's something I hear from a lot of women as they age. And ring lights do a lot for you. And also as you age, using cream makeup is really important too, because it won't settle into the lines. Just a little bit of translucent powder. If you can do your eyebrows, that will give you more expression on video as well so people can see what you, your expressions are. And a little bit of lipstick also makes a big difference because you really can concentrate on a person's lips and that will help like emphasize what you're saying. So try that. And the last thing I would say is like what to say and how to say it. Some people, they, they have a message they want, they want to get across, but they don't know what they want to say and how to say it. So I think before you shoot a video, you should come up with an outline. It doesn't have to be a perfectly made script, but usually three points is enough. Just write an outline and get through your points so that you don't go off on a tangent. And that'll really help you start creating and that'll help you get over your blocks. Those are great suggestions. And I think the blocks that you've identified will resonate with many people and i appreciate how you mentioned one of them being the equipment piece because i think that completely is one thing that people might overthink or worry that they don't have the right equipment in place to be able to make that video that perfect video and the fact that in your book don't stay a secret in chapter one oh yeah you, you one. get right into the equipment so i yeah. i really appreciate that because i I know when I was reading your book, that like that just puts your mind at ease because I think that is a huge block for a lot of people. And you really clearly outline that basic video production kit and, and made it really accessible and approachable. So awesome. I highly recommend Felicia's book. It will give you all kinds of tools and tips and tricks to make um, yourself feel much more confident on video. Thank you, Tiana. And I just want to talk about a real life example that's happening right now as we record is you know I, I set up I wanted to set up on my computer have a nice webcam nice microphone this morning but everything just 
fell apart as we were about to record. And so we're actually recording my side on my phone and I don't have a fancy microphone and I don't have my fancy webcam, but we're making it happen and we're keeping it simple. And because we're keeping it simple, we're making things roll. We're going with it. And that's yeah. how you create your videos. Don't get overwhelmed. Just keep it simple. Keep it simple. Yes. And I, and you're right. In a way, it's almost perfect that this happened because yeah. now we're just having to roll with it and we're just living exactly that message that was in your in your book. And on, I mean, I was sharing with you full disclosure in, in recording this podcast, I've had all kinds of technical difficulties at various times and, you know, be it with like sound or during the recording the connection, something happens with the connection, the guest disappears, we have to start again, all kinds of issues and things. So lots of things happen behind the scene, but you just kind of make the best of it and you figure things out and make it work. And so Felicia, I'm grateful that we were able to figure it out and and we're able to have the, the conversation and it's it's still great. It's still Yeah, great. it works out. You know, <laughs> done is better than perfect. And here we are. We're making it happen. Yeah. And we're just being resourceful. So I'm so grateful we're doing this. This actually all worked out for the best. It really did. I agree. I agree. Now, there's this famous quote that I just love thinking about, you know, when you're kind of looking ahead at a goal that you might have and it seems so far away, but that a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. So somebody wants to create a video for the first time. What's one of the first steps that you would say people should take? I always keep it simple. I say start. You know, I think creating even a one minute or 30 second video or less just so that you get comfortable because video confidence is all about flexing that muscle. It's all about practicing. And the more you do it, the better you get. So when I look back at more than 20 years when I started video, I wasn't very good. I was actually really not good. <laughs> I look at videos. I'm like, I'm, I look so different back then. I sound so different. I didn't have the confidence back then that I do today. And it's all about that repetition. It's all about just practicing and getting more comfortable seeing yourself and hearing yourself. So don't put all this expectation that your first video has to be perfect. It's all about taking that first step and getting that video out there. Even if you don't post it, shoot that video of yourself to look at it and get comfortable with seeing yourself. And when you have that confidence, just hit publish and you will see how great things can get. I remember when I started my YouTube channel, I was terrified. I was terrified at all the criticism that might come my way because I was no longer doing the news. And I was so scared to hit publish. But soon after that, I got more comfortable. And then collaborations came in. I got hired to be the host of a destination wedding channel as well from Spain. Like just because I had that courage to hit publish and press record. Yeah. Oh my goodness. See, another thing that I didn't know about you. <laughs> but it, it is, it is just that first step, right? It's just as you said, you know, making the video and then making another video and then putting it out there for the world and just going for it. And it's not going to be perfect and it doesn't need to be perfect. And you're going to learn and grow along the way. Um, 
that's exactly it. Like I think back with my podcast, like I'm almost at four years of having a podcast. Amazing. Amazing. And I remember feeling so, I still get nervous. I still get nervous, but I remember feeling so nervous the first episode that I put out there. So first it was, what if nobody listens? And I knew my mom would listen and I would make my husband listen. But then it was, then it turned to what if somebody else actually listens? <laughs> so it was just this weird sort of nervous feeling of, of putting something out there um, for other people uh, to hear, listen to, see in the case of video. Um, but, you know, four years later, it's still not perfect. I've learned a ton, but that's, that's, that's what it's all about, right? Yeah. It's just and your podcast is excellent. Oh, one well. step at a time. <laughs> I wanted to also say this, like, you would think I have a lot of confidence because I do this professionally, but even stepping onto your podcast, which I love, I'm nervous. You know, what if I say something wrong? What if I mess? How do I look? I can't even see myself right now because of all the technical difficulties. But here I am. I'm putting myself out there. And that goes to what I really believe. If you don't share your story, if you don't share your message, you're denying people of who really needs to hear you and who you can make a real positive impact on. Yeah, there's that bigger piece to it, right? But I I do so very much appreciate you sharing that you get nervous too, because I think, I think that's a normal thing, especially when we care about something, right? We, we care about what we're doing and we want to do a good job. That nervous energy can be there and it can be a good thing, but it's normal that it can be there. So for someone who's been, you know, on the news and with lots of experience speaking in front of a camera. It's great to hear that um, you also get nervous too. It's so super, super normal. So Felicia, prior to our conversation, I picked your brain a little bit. So I love asking people about their frequently asked questions. I know I have certain questions I get asked all the time and you obviously do as well because you shared some with me so I'm going to ask you these questions that you shared and then I'd love for you to share your responses to these so first one you shared with me is how do you deal with criticism when posting a video of yourself online oh I love this one so you know that's one of the scary things is about posting and feeling like trolls are going to come marching in. And that's happened to me. I remember being really proud of something about publishing my book. And someone wrote on one of my Instagram posts, I don't care or we don't care. And I remember feeling awful about that. Like I was so proud. And here comes someone I don't know who just kind of pulls me down. And I think it's okay to feel down for a little while and feel sad. But then I realized because I'm doing something big, I'm doing something important. I don't have to listen to that. I should be celebrating that. Oh, someone I don't know who has no connection to me is actually paying attention. And that is amazing. And I think, you know, you are not a garbage can. So don't take anyone's trash. Hmm. That's good advice. <laughs> yeah, those moments are hard to go, go through, but that perspective is is such a good one. So thank you for sharing that one. Another question for you. How much should you share about your life online? I think this really comes down to your boundaries. So let's say, for example, your family. I mean, you have to ask yourself, the litmus test is, does this align with your brand? 
you know, so some people keep their family and their kids completely off social media. And I think that's fair because of the footprint, the digital footprint. But let's say you are a family channel, then I think your kids have to be part of your channel. So you really have to think back, like, what are your boundaries and what are you comfortable with and discuss it with your partner if it deals with your kids. And it also talks, like, I really want you to think about, like, do you really need to share it? Like, if you're waxing your lip, you don't necessarily have to record that and publish it. Like, we don't have to see that unless your brand aligns with that and you're a, a hair removal company, you know? So I think, come back to that, like, ask yourself, does this align with my brand? And that's how you know, like, that's how much you should be sharing. Yeah, no, I think... That's really good to sort of reflect on that on a personal level. And I know for sure, like my kids are, well, first of all, they're not a fan of getting their photos taken, but they put up with me because it's a part of your expectation. Well, not even so much for sharing, but like for, I do a family photo album every year. So I'm, Aww. you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, and I have to take three photos of every situation just to make sure like someone's eyes aren't closed or something like that that's that's a good mom yeah it's what I do it's what I do but they're they're fine with me sharing certain things but definitely not others and with having kids of the ages of 17 15 and 12 like anything sort of about their personal life and and story is not for me to share and so they wouldn't be comfortable with that I know so that's not something that I would share but yeah you're right to really think about in sharing this like how does it align with me the message I'm trying to convey and get across and and who I am what is my brand what is my business so to be really thoughtful about that is great advice and you just really hit home a point too just like having that discussion if your kids are involved seeing if they're comfortable with it i know my kids at this age they're still really young but they actually really want to be on uh, social media but i i try to really protect them too like i don't share a lot of our personal things i just share like very pretty pictures and that's about it <laughs> at this stage. Yeah, my, my kids are fine with uh, me sharing like our travel adventures and things like that. They're good with that. But yeah, not not like those personal details for sure. And I wouldn't say they're like excited about, <laughs> they're not asking me if I can share certain things and that type of thing. But And that's um, fair. Yeah, that's exactly, fair. exactly. Next question that you shared with me is should, and I love this one actually, my husband and I debate this one. So I'm really curious about your answer with this. So he's very committed to a certain answer. So should I be shooting videos in a horizontal or vertical orientation? Yes, I get this question a lot. Hence, it's one of my frequently asked questions. And honestly, it depends on who's watching and what platform you're posting it to. So I don't think there's necessarily a right or wrong answer. But I think your video should fill the screen. So if you're shooting videos for Instagram, for instance, which is very mobile heavy, then it should be vertical and TikTok as well. But I think content is king. So if you did shoot in a horizontal fashion, I feel like it gives a more cinematic experience. Like I shoot a lot of my professional promotional videos for clients in a horizontal orientation I feel that goes well with long-form YouTube content like if you're going to be watching it on your big screen of course YouTube has YouTube shorts now too so vertical is fine it really depends on where 
you want your content to end up. That's my answer. I know it's kind of wishy-washy, but it really depends on who your target audience is and the platform that you're going to be posting on. Yeah. And because my husband doesn't post things on social media, there's that piece that he, because he's hardcore committed to horizontal. Ah, yes. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense for his purposes and and how he's using the video. But I'm like, sometimes we need the vertical too, depending on what we're using it for. Yes. Yes. And where it's going to end up. Exactly. Exactly. Now, getting a little bit more personal, I wanted to ask you about your favorite teacher. So is there somebody that really stands out for you? Or maybe it's a teaching or learning experience that stands out for you? And why does that person or experience mean so much to you? I've had some really memorable teachers and some amazing ones. But one that was more of my recent teachers, her name is Shelly Bloor, or her name was Shelly Bloor. And she got married and changed her last name. She moved to the UK. But she was one of my instructors when I was going to SAIT and studying broadcast news. And she made things so good, you know, like she actually cared about me and I felt like she really cared about me. And one of the examples that really showed that she cared who I was is I went to a conference with her for the, it's called uh, RT DNAs. Uh, the, it was the, let me think about this. Digital News Association, Radio Television Digital, Digital News Association. It's like this governing body of radio and television news. So it's big. It's a big deal. And all the news directors from across the country go. And this one was a regional one. I think, yeah, this was a regional one. So this was all of the prairies. Uh, All the regional news directors from the prairies were there. And they're the ones in charge of hiring new people. And so that was really important for me to be there because when I was coming out of school and I was going to be graduating, I needed to mingle with the people who were hiring. And I just remember something she did for me and I'll never forget it. She went up to a news director from, he's now retired, but at the time he was the news director for CTV Regina, Carl Worth. And she went up to him and said, Carl, this is Felicia. You're going to want to hire her. And so Carl looked at me and he says, okay, give me your demo. And so I did. I sent him an example of all my work and he hired me the next day. And it's because Shelly went out of her way to introduce me to someone that I knew that she knew would be a good connection that I got my first job. And it's so hard to get those jobs. Like there's so much fierce competition to get an entry level job in the news that it meant the world to me. Without that introduction, I don't know if I'd be doing what I did. So I'm so grateful for Shelly. She is awesome. That's amazing. So she obviously really got to know who you were, saw something special in you, and then made that pivotal introduction for you. And those moments can, as you said, make such a difference for people. And it's, I think, really all about like, getting to know the people that you're teaching and supporting and mentoring. And I would say, although you are not like a formal teacher yourself, you do teach and you taught me a lot. And the way that I experienced how you work with people is really getting to know them and understand them and to work with them in a way that aligns with what they're concerned about and who they are and and how they are hoping to move forward in a way that's really kind and compassionate and and curious. So I think it's great that you had such an amazing 
experience with a teacher like that. And I think the way that you teach and support people really reflects that same approach. Oh, thank you. The big heart. That's so sweet. <laughs> yes. Because it is scary and uncomfortable, right? To kind of put yourself out there. So I think having those right people in our corner can make such a difference and really have Makes that such lasting a impact. Yeah. Absolutely. Now you've had quite the journey, Felicia. <laughs> you've had quite the career journey and a journey as a mom. You're a mom of three. Mm-hmm. And I've got to meet your youngest, your little man, Nolan, who's now yes, one, he's which so I can't cute. believe. He's one. <laughs> I can't believe it either. Yeah. So there's so many amazing things that have happened, including publishing a book. So when you look back at your journey, what would be something that you are the most proud of? Wow. That is, it's been quite of a, like a long journey. Oh my gosh. Like I've, I've been in, able to interview amazing people, met people across the country. And I, I always had this dream also of being a news anchor. So I got to do that. Like that was a dream come true. I've loved doing that job. I think actually besides having my kids, which is, I mean, I can't pick one. It's just too many things. But like writing this book, I put my heart and soul into this book, Don't Stay a Secret, and has a lot of my stories in here. So it's not just a manual. It really has a lot of the stories of why I teach the way I do and why I believe the things I do and how you can be confident, confident on camera. I think this is one of my proudest moments is like, when this went to print, like, wow, I, I actually did this. This is like almost 300 pages of my knowledge in here all together. So I would say my book. That is a huge accomplishment. Yeah. And you have done that too. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. It's an awesome book. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's, quite the, it's quite the journey, putting together something that you pour your heart and soul into and putting it out there in the world. And yeah, I'm so proud of you and I've loved reading reading your book. It is it's fantastic and there's so much value and so much to be learned through both the, you know, information and and steps to take that you share but as well through your story as well. Thank you. Some rapid fire questions, Felicia. You ready? Okay. All right. Let's go for it. <laughs> what let's is do something it. that you would love to learn about or something that you would love to learn to do? I would love to learn how to dance, like hip-hop dance or K-pop dance, because I am not very good at dancing, but I just, I'm amazed by people who can dance, so sign me up one day. <laughs> Can't wait to see your new dance moves. Oh, yeah, future. we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if I'll publish those. We'll see. What is a place that is at the top of your travel bucket list? Hawaii. I've always wanted to go to Hawaii. And I had two opportunities to go within the last few years, but because of COVID, those plans have been quashed. So I I would love to go to Hawaii one day. That would be lovely and amazing. Mm -hmm. What is a book, podcast, movie, or TV show that you've enjoyed recently? I really enjoyed Mike Kim's You Are the Brand. It's excellent. It really shows that, you know, you are the brand, you are what you teach, what you sell. So really share your story that way. So Mike Kim's You Are the Brand. Ah, one I have not heard. So I will be adding that to my list. If you could sit down and have a conversation with someone that you would love to learn from, who would it be and why? Honestly, it would be my dad. Like, 
He's still around. We're not really close, but he has a lot of really good stories that I don't want to disappear before it's too late. So his family had to go, they were alive during the Japanese invasion of Singapore. They're from Singapore and they had to flee into the jungles of Malaysia to survive. So I really want to know more about that part of his life so that I can understand him better and understand myself better and so that I can share those stories with my kids. Otherwise, without the stories, you know, it'll be, we'll have a better understanding of ourselves if we know where we came from. Wow. I bet he has some incredible stories to share. He really does. I need to get those stories. That's one of my projects that I really want to do, you know, before he gets too old. So yes, that's, that's something on my to-do list for sure. That would be amazing. My husband actually sat down with my father-in-law, so he has since passed away, but recorded his dad sharing his stories because his dad was a prisoner of war. Wow. Yeah, wow. in Germany. Amazing. So, yeah, yeah. But he, he, I know he wants to do something with that still. Cool. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. You see, those stories are so important. So you can understand that person, who you are and where you came from, and then share that for future generations. It's not lost. Exactly. Stories are so powerful. And the last sort of main question that I wanted to ask you is around this idea that education is really a part of everything that we do. So it's not just something that happens within the four walls of a classroom. It really impacts all facets of our lives. So I'm wondering if you might have some any like final thoughts or words of wisdom that would really empower people or support people on their own teaching and learning journeys. I think it goes back to the title of my book, Don't Stay a Secret. So I want whoever's listening or watching this to really know that your story is so important and your story has so much value in it. It's You have this duty, I, I really believe, to share it with the world because that's your gift. Your story is a gift and who you are is a gift. And by sharing that story, you can really change somebody's life. Even if it's to learn how to make a video, like in my case, that person who shoots those videos because of your words of wisdom can make a positive impact. And that is like this positive ripple effect that will go out into the world. Because if you don't share it, if you stay a secret, you are denying people of who really needs to hear your story. So don't stay a secret. That is great advice. Thank you, Felicia. And Felicia, I want to thank you so very much for sharing your time and your story and all of your words of wisdom with us today. So if our listeners want to learn more about you and all of the things that you are up to, where are the best places to find you? Okay, so check out my website, realawesome.com. That's R-E-E-L for real, realawesome.com. And then if you want to check me out on socials, you can look at Real Awesome Productions. One word, that's for Instagram and TikTok. And I'm also on LinkedIn. Look for Felicia Yap. Perfect. Thank you. I'll make sure to share all that, Felicia. And it's been great to chat with you today. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. And it's also been wonderful to learn from you. I've loved every minute of this, Tiana. Thank you so much for inviting me to be here. It's been so fun. And I'm always inspired by you and what you're 
putting out into the world. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the People Teaching People podcast. I'm your host, Tiana Fesh. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Tiana Fesh and on my website, tianafesh.com. I would love it if you would subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast. Your feedback and support are so appreciated. See you next time where we will continue to explore all things teaching and learning together. Mm